Hey, this is Coach Freddie here, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and welcome to the I Have for Evolution, where we'll be discussing the benefits of growing and using industrial hemp for people, planet, and profit. Conversations about the history, legalization, farming, harvesting, processing, building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products and boost the economy and business. So, are you ready to join the iHemp revolution? The granola bars, the hemp pretzels, some of the samples that we have over here. And currently, I believe he's sourcing a lot of his materials from Canada and in other places. So he has a keen interest in locally grown products. So I was going to give Sean a little time to talk about his company and where he sees local, you know, the local uh, markets going. And then Erica McBride is also with the Pennsylvania Hemp Council and might have some insights and some uses that we haven't talked about that maybe she wants to. Uh, yeah, hi, um, my name is Erica McBride from the Pennsylvania Hemp Industry Council and I'm also the Executive Director of the National Hemp Association. Um, so marketing of hemp is, is probably the first question we get asked by every farmer is, is how easy is it to grow and how much am I going to get for it? Uh, and this is a large part of the research that we need to do. So while we can extrapolate what we know uh, people are paying in Europe for a particular crop as far as for the fiber and seed, we don't necessarily know what that's going to equate to here in the U.S. market. And that, that's part of what we have to do. Um, a lot of the challenges in finding the markets, as Josh was saying, was in finding the infrastructure. So we're very lucky that we do have some things that we can process relatively easy, such as pressing the oil seed for a variety of different products. It is definitely on the fiber side that the processing is the most challenging. Uh, but conversely, that is also where the future of this plant is going to lie. The manufacturing possibilities with hemp fiber are absolutely tremendous, and we've only even begun exploring all of the potential. But right off the bat, we know that the American auto industry is going to be a, a major consumer of this crop. Over in Europe, uh, BMW, Audi, and Volvo are already using hemp fiber to manufacture their car parts. And Ford and GM and the other US manufacturers are very interested in doing it because using hemp reduces the weight of the car, it makes it more fuel efficient, and plus it's a great marketing tool by using a more sustainable crop. But the problem is the supply chain, and they're not willing to invest into the prototypes until they know that the supply chain will be there. And those are the things that will change with federal legalization as we can get going. But looking at it more from a, a Pennsylvania perspective, there's a manufacturing company in Lebanon that creates packaging materials, and they're interested in using them. And when they transition to start using hemp, they're going to, we're going to need thousands of acres just to satisfy them, which is just one manufacturer in Pennsylvania. There's a flooring company in the western part of the state that has been experimenting with replacing some of their wood pulp with hemp fiber and have found that by doing so, even just replacing 5% increases the strength of their board by like 15 to 20%. 
and for, in order to satisfy their 5%, that would be another maybe 10, 15,000 acres that will be able to grow here in Pennsylvania. Um, but we need the machinery to create the vast fiber in order to get there. Um, and, that, and that's where we're at right now. Those, those machines don't exist here in Pennsylvania right now. We are diligently working on that. So if any of you out there are investors and you would like to invest in this industry, please come see me or Jeff Whaling um, and see how you can get involved there and help bring that manufacturing here. Um, CBD processing, that we do actually have equipment here in the state that can do it and I know there are several companies that are either purchasing equipment or that there's a company in the western part of the state that is willing to do the extraction and then return the product to you. But again, as was talked about earlier with the legalities, you really, really have to look at the risk versus reward. Yes, right now CBD is where the money is in hemp. But as Jeff had indicated when he spoke, what the FDA is going to do with this once federal legalization happens remains to be seen. There are definitely indications that they are looking to regulate this like a drug. I don't know if any of you have heard of Epidiolex and GW Pharmaceuticals, but they just patented a cabinodiol drug called Epidiolex as for seizure disorders. And unless the industry can prove that CBD was marketed as a dietary supplement before 2006, by law, the FDA is going to be required to regulate it like a drug. Um, so our only options moving forward in that regard is one, if anybody can come up with proof that it was marketed before 2006, you will be the hero and the savior of CBD. So I encourage any of you that if you have anything um, any ideas of where to try to hunt that down that you try to do so. Um, our other option would be to try to legislatively change the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, and that seems like a pretty heavy lift. Um, and the third option, which is being done in other states, is that we can change Pennsylvania law to allow CBD production and to regulate it as a food product in the state. Uh, that would not allow it to be sold across state lines, and it would create its own set of problems as far as legality that you would be limited to selling it in the state. Um, but those are just some of the options um, that are before us. So right now, none of that has happened yet. None of that will take effect until the 2018 Farm Bill passes. And then we still have some hope that the FDA might be reasonable, but it's just important that everybody going into this, especially if you're only getting into it now, that you understand some of the obstacles that may be coming and are prepared to, to do that. Um, so, like I said, food is, is the easiest for, for starting out because the infrastructure is already there. Uh, once the federal legislation passes, uh, FDA has confirmed that for food for, and fiber, there are going to be no additional obstacles and full commercial production will be able to begin immediately. Um, I mean, of course, you would have to comply with standard food and cosmetic regulations as far as your facility and, and things of that nature. But legality-wise, there's no additional hurdles than there would be for any other crop. Um, so that's basically where we're at now. And if anybody has any questions.
I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. And make sure that you subscribe to the iHemp Revolution podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Give us a review and follow us on facebook.com forward slash iHempRevolution. Like us and then tell your friends. Help us spread the word about how using industrial hemp can benefit people, heal the planet, and provide long-term profit. This is your host, Coach Freddie, inspiring people to do things that inspire them. And thanks for joining the iHemp Revolution.